Nick Kiprios here, and we need to talk New Energy. New Energy is a great-tasting, chewable tablet I carry everywhere. Whether I'm broadcasting a late-night doubleheader or going to an early-morning pickup skate, New Energy is, hands down, my go-to to help promote alertness, wakefulness, and relieve fatigue with only ingredients I love. Look for the orange stick at a retailer near you, or look for my webpage at getnewenergy.com slash kiprios. That's getneuenergy.com slash kiprios. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the link. What is up? World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. Got the kid Adam Ehrman Trout with me, of course. Buddy, you recovering yet? A fun time at the Four Nations Cup? Yeah, today today was a bit of a write-off. I mean, we're out till, I think, probably 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Um yeah, it was it was crazy, and you know, just watch the riders blow it, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We stayed. I think we watched Friday night, uh, Finland, Canada. Saturday afternoon, Finland, Sweden. Uh, Saturday night, Canada, USA, which was a bust. And then we went to to the bar after, and a couple of the teams were there. And I think I think I'm going to move to Sweden. Now the the real question: better talent. Finland or Sweden? I mean, there's got to be some sort of argument there. Uh, I can imagine who you're going to pick, but just tell me, you know, like I'm sure you, you didn't pay too much attention during the national anthems. Um, probably, probably Sweden. I'll go. I'll go Sweden. Sweden, eh? Yeah, I, I don't really have a reason. I'll just say Sweden. No reason at all. I had uh, maybe just one. I, rumor has it you might be moving there. We're gonna have to keep a watch on that. Uh, maybe put a poll up <laughs> yeah. on the World Hockey Report Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Oh boy, a lot of NHL news, and we are a little bit late on this one, but still, I got to get your thoughts on it because it was massive. That sends Uber video viral. Yeah, I don't, it's just like I clicked on it because I saw somebody retweeted it. So I clicked on it and I was like, okay, I hit play and I was like, there's five minutes of this, like what's it going to be type thing. And then, yeah, they just started shredding basically the organization. I know the, Coach Marty Raymond or Martin Raymond got it a little more, but I was just playing it. I was just like in in disbelief that it got out. But a couple of things stood out to me. Um, the first one was as soon as the guy asked asked where you uh where they played um or asked if they played somewhere, they probably should have took that as a hint that he knew he knew them. Um, second was. I don't like. I know Matt Duchesne's their supposed leader, but I don't know where he thinks he's getting by bragging about not paying attention for three weeks. Like that's not really a great look for a guy who you basically gave up, you know, a lottery pick and a couple other pieces for, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. So I don't know what he's doing by bragging about not paying attention. And then, I mean, Shabbat was in it too, and he's just a stud. But then the last thing is like, this happens all the time. Nobody gets recorded. They shouldn't have been recorded, but it happens all the time. And they probably like, as a, as somebody else was saying, just if you're having a private conversation and then somebody else walks in the room, you probably stop your conversation, right? I agree with all of those, but oh my goodness. Like the first thing has to be, why are you getting an Uber? If you're making like what, 20 million in that vehicle together? Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, Duchesne's a star. Shabbat's going to be a star and you can't get a black car. Give me a break. I don't know. I think Uber is just, people thought the video was at 12 in the morning, but the date was also January 1st, 2017, which it's kind of stupid. Like it's just, of, co- of course it happens to the senators. Um, it's not a great look that uh, I think uh, DeMello and Tierney were in the, the backseat also. They're two of the seven. So it's not a great look given that, those are the guys who you traded your best player in franchise history for. But it seems to it seems to have blown over a little bit just because like I think the announcement, and we'll get to this, like Joel Quenville getting fired was the best thing that happened to the Senators, hey? Oh yeah, I know it totally took the spotlight off that. And that was one of the things I was gonna be like, you know, we're a little bit late on that as well. But oh it totally did. It was less than twenty four hours later and Chicago goes and just dumps their is it their wing winningest coach of all time? Or he's got to be up there if not. Yeah, well, he's second. Well, no, he isn't because he's second all time in Blackhawks history and NHL history because uh, Scotty Bowman. Okay. 
good old Stanny B there, eh? That was I've I don't really get that whole feud because everyone's like, oh, it's been going on for six years. Well, I really haven't been like because that was around the time when I was still playing way back in the day, right? So I didn't really sit down and watch too much any channel. Like, you know, I wasn't doing the in-depth research on it, which, yeah, sure, it's a little bit of my fault. But there's been a lot of internal fighting, essentially, is from the sounds of it. I think it all started a couple of years ago when he, he just fired uh, Quenville's best friend, like Mike Kitchen, I think his name was. He was the assistant coach with Quenville for a long time, and he was kind of like, his guy like every coach seems to have their their right hand man where you have a bunch of coaches on the bench and like the head coach always has the like somebody they turn to um so that happened and then traded Yarmolson traded uh Panarin like all on the same day and then he didn't go to the draft and then even um somebody tweeted us like when we wrote that blog that Duncan Keith had a quote the one year I forgot when it was, but he said everyone is doing their own job right now, which seems to be a shot at Scotty Bowman or Stan Bowman, pardon me, um, about him not doing his job and him having his uh his fingerprints in too many places in the organization. Because like that organization a couple of years ago or I guess ten years ago, they're just a laughing stock. And now I mean they won three cups together, so what are you gonna say? But you could do any. You could put anybody behind that bench, and you're getting the same, if not worse, results. It's a whole Mike Babcock effect, eh? Like going off the Team Canada gold medals. But okay, speaking of coaches, though, another one that I saw today, I kind of found interesting. I know you being a not a diehard Oilers fan, but you know you've been following the team for a while. Eero Pekarina, that uh, ring a bell there. Well, he took to Finnish media or he whatever took a took a shot. Or uh, Sasky boy Todd McClellan there. So I don't know. I, I guess everyone seemed to be freaking out a little bit. I got it. But yet again, I think it's just a Finn who couldn't adapt, trying to blame it on something else other than themselves. Why? Because that's just who they are. And if they're not playing on the first line. They're not going to be happy. The link that had uh, had him taking the shot was, um, was off TSN. And they also linked uh, Joe Thornton comments from a couple of years ago, just saying that, the communication in the locker room from coaches to management to players was like almost non-existent. And then Kachur had a quote, I think it was at the end of the, the 15 season and he wasn't happy either. And he said the culture wasn't good and who knows, maybe it falls in McClellan. I don't know, but Packerine has stunk with the Oilers and he has nine goals and not one assist in 27 uh, KHL games. I definitely had that. I don't know if I include that in the tweet, but I was going to say something about it. It's like, Hey, maybe uh, the problem could be you've got 27 games played and not a single Apple in the KHL. Like maybe try the Finnish league. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like he was not in the right to be talking. If someone like Thornton or Kirchner is going to say something, you're obviously going to listen. But this guy who, I don't know, didn't play more than what, 30, 50 games in a season, maybe, was a dash player his whole career. Yeah, he wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's taking too much for that. It's just this guy wants to get his face out in the media. Sticking with the Oilers, Puljarvi down to the minors. I'm no expert. I know that Drysital and uh, Nurse had their time down in the minors. Did it help? I'm sure it did a little bit. You know, I, I'm really not that against the move. But yet again, if this was their plan all along, why did they sit him in the press box for four games? What did they really benefit from that? You see, that's that's where I'm on it too, and I think a lot of Oiler fans are in the same boat as us where they like the move sending him to the minors. They're fine with the move sending him to the minors, but the fact that he was in and out of the lineup and then played fourth line, nine minutes a game some night, like he should have been there. I don't know a month ago. Like I know you weren't convinced on Alex chase on having like six goals at this point, but yeah, moto too. I mean, he got every bit of opportunity. He just showed he wasn't ready. I mean, it same thing happened last year. He got his nine games and got sent back to Spokane. And this year, I think, I think he's around the same same number. And now he's in Bakersfield. And I think the Oilers, they should just say, like, take everything and and go. Like you're not going there for five games to get eight points and come back up up here. Like you're gonna go there. You're gonna work on you know hanging on to the puck. And how about last? Like it was, I think, exactly a week ago. I tweeted that video of Puliarvi going in two on two, perfect chance to shoot, 
and he like stopped up and just threw it in the corner and just like peeled back, which to me, it shows he has no confidence. I know my brother was just pissing himself laughing because it was just a weird, it was just a weird looking play. And then somebody tried saying that it was a corner pass, which I'm not <laughs> buying it. I mean, if you're a, a scoring winger, you should probably make that shot. Yeah, I saw everyone trying to like defend him and stuff. And it's like, okay, let's calm down right now. That's just a guy who's completely uncomfortable with the puck on his stick. And you know what happens? He's a young NHLer. No one's going to fault him for that. The only thing, it's, hey, you know what? You got to get in the groove. You got to get comfortable. And hey, it just wasn't in the NHL for him. He's got time. He's young. He's, he'll be fine. I don't think anyone's too, too worried about him. But yeah, he's got to figure it out. Yeah, and it's tough to say like what they should have done a couple of years ago because you look at other guys in that draft like who stuck right away, like Matthews, Line, Kachuk, Keller, like all those guys, they, they were good right away and they're impressive right away. So you can't really say, oh, we shouldn't have kept him because you, you never know, right? Like you know once you once you realize he's been there for too long type thing. And Pooley Garvey's been thrown into the fire a couple of times now, so he gets to go to Bakersfield. Fair enough. Hey, I totally forgot to mention, I, of course, you know, we do have a couple of big guests coming on. UGA's finest, the Bulldogs, some beauties. You get Kyle Harris and Carter Penzine joining us. They're finally not busy and out there back from good old Russia. So great interview with those two. They're beauties. I think everyone's going to love that. Uh, moving on. I think Penzine's a recurring guest. Harris is a first timer. Got the kid on. Uh, the Calgary Flames. I know you're speaking of prospects. I don't think David Riddick really counts as a prospect anymore. But oh my goodness, he's he's rolling high. Shut out in L.A. Not looking too bad for him, and especially with Smith not doing so well. Yeah, and I mean we're just doing this over top of the Flames game right now. He lent the first shot what 50 seconds into the game. Brutal. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they played. A, just a pitiful LA team yesterday who can't score. Um, and then against Anaheim Smith. Yeah. Like, but that, that seems to be the Bill Peters style, right? Like you don't allow, you don't allow many, many shots and you, you get a ton, but I don't know if the, the quality of shots are outweighing it or, or what it is, but Smith hasn't looked great. I mean, He's flopping all over the place. His angles are off. He's he's like trying to like grab pucks instead of just letting them them come to him. I guess you know you're the the goalie expert here. But is that kind of when you can tell? Is is that kind of when you can tell like a goalie doesn't have it if he's if he's reaching for pucks and stuff, opposing just letting them kind of like suck into him. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the one thing I think goalie coaches or any goalie would hate to see is just those swings and misses, right? Where you're just taking a stab at the puck because you don't look comfortable. Another big thing is rebound control, and Smith just hasn't had it this season. It, it's tough, you know. As you said, the, the Flames style is totally different. A lot of offense. They're generating a lot in that, like, um, you know, kind of just off the rush. And when you do that, you're going to allow a lot of odd man rushes as Evander King's first goal or whatever tonight. and beat Smith from a bad angle. You hate to see that. But yet again, you need your goaltender to make those saves. And if he's not going to be stopping the first one, well, you're probably in trouble. This is kind of what I've been saying is like the Pacific division is just so bad that, you know, you have to, you have to start getting your points. I mean, you look at the Pacific LA Anaheim and Vegas right now, like none of those teams are very good. I, We'll get to Vegas and Max Pacioretty and I guess the blog I wrote the other day. But I think you really need to take advantage of the weak part of the division right now and and kind of get your points at the start of the year. The Flames have kind of been rolling, though. I know we are kind of taking a little shot on them. But, hey, after they got pumped by Pittsburgh, they've kind of changed their whole mojo in the dressing room, I think. You know, they're they're moving a little bit more, maybe high-stepping in warm-ups because, oh, that was a serious ass whooping that Pittsburgh gave them. Yeah, and they're six three and one in their last ten games, and you know they they got a point against Washington. They came back against Buffalo. Uh, came back another night and just or against Chicago too. So they've been rolling lately. Um, you know who else is rolling too? Blake Wheeler and the Jets. I mean they're they're going to beat the Devils tonight. They're nine five and one on the year currently, and Blake Wheeler is up to 21 points in 15 games and he extended his streak tonight 
Speaking of the Jets, I mean, I'd love to talk about Blake Wheeler, but they were playing New Jersey, and Corey Schneider hasn't won in 11 months. Oh, my goodness. Yep, blog's coming up on that, worldhockeyreport.com. I thought he broke that streak, no? He won in playoffs, I believe, not in regular season. Oh, yeah. Crazy. That's insane. But I like, well, I'll ask you now before we get to the interview, but who do you think the top team in the Central is? I like Winnipeg better than Nashville. I still think that Winnipeg's missing uh, Paul Stastny. I know he was only there for half the year last year, but yeah, like right now I'd say Nashville, but I think when Winnipeg gets like, they're talking about Kevin Hayes or, or something like that, I think then I'd choose them. Makes sense. I think I'm going to go with Nashville still, but yeah, I mean, the Jets are a good team. It's a, it's an exciting division. Honestly, you start to just like, don't you get bored of regular season hockey? You're like, isn't it playoffs yet? I guess, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm just kind of sitting here. I'm like, I just want to see a seven game series. I want to see guys going balls to the wall, running each other every chance they get, chirping, slashing. That's the type of hockey I want to watch. You know, maybe an 82 game regular season is dragged out a little bit. Yeah, they're not going to change it. And I think when, uh, when the playoffs come on, that's a different beast. Like you watch that twelve minute video video of Furland when he made the the name for himself in the sixteen fifteen or sixteen playoffs against Vancouver, where he had like I don't know, like forty or fifty some hits. Like it's not possible in the regular season to do, but to play that way in the playoffs, it's it's a lot different. True. Well, um, hey, speaking of the Central Nashville, you know what? You might as well send it down. To the boys, UGA, here they are. It's a uh, probably one of you know. It's a pretty lighthearted interview. I'm sure everyone's gonna like some of those Russian stories. It's Cutter Penzi, Kyle Harris. Join now. Got a couple of the UGA beauties joining us on Penzi, returning guest, and uh, joined one of his American buddies, Kyle Harris. Welcome to the pod, fellas. Thanks for having What's us. What's going on? Not a lot, just uh, hanging out here. I'm sure it's a lot colder up in Canada. Than it. What's the weather like down there? I, I mean, I don't want to get jealous or anything, but it's got to be stupid. Yeah, I mean, right now it's 7.30 at night and it's 60 degrees, so it's a little bit chilly for us, but uh, throughout the day it's probably mid-70s, so nice golfing weather. That's sickening. I don't think people out here have been on a golf course in like a month and a half, six, eight weeks. <laughs> it's, it's just stupid, but... Hey, I guess to bring everyone up here, you fellas, little trip there representing America. You know, TJ Oshie's yet, but uh, hey, you guys went on a Russia trip, we got a lot to catch up there. Also, playing college, University of Georgia, off to a hot start this season as expected. Boys, let's start with that Russia trip, though. Like, you guys just got back a little while ago, but hey, uh, you know, that's a sick experience. Once in a lifetime, no one really gets that. What was the what was it like just like culture wise going over there? We got off the plane and right as you step foot out of the airport, um, so we flew into Moscow and we actually had almost a full day, like morning to evening, uh, for to spend there. Um, so they were nice. They set up a, a tour for us, so we just stepped out of the airport, got onto a bus, and like had a private tour of of the whole city, which was pretty sweet. And it's just like totally different there. Um, one thing I did learn pretty fast, I, I had sandals on, uh, getting off the flight and I step outside and apparently you don't wear sandals there. Like people just were laughing at me, like <laughs> tapping my shoulder and pointing and laughing. And so I had to go in my suitcase and rip on some tennis shoes pretty fast. <laughs> it's a different world. It's, uh, it's cool though. Like Moscow is a beautiful city. And then I swear, I mean, you drive for a mile in the wrong direction and it looks like you're in a World War Three zone. Like that, I mean, for my little stint, Rostov, like, poof, no, that's, uh, that's not happening. Moscow is pretty sick though. You guys see some of those like cool, like, or the, uh, like chapels, churches, buildings. Like, yeah. do you guys see any of the rinks? Like the, the yeah. Cheska rink or anything? We didn't, we didn't go to any of the rinks, but we saw like the downtown, I guess the square area. Um, so some of those buildings were pretty cool. We saw where, uh, I guess where Putin stays, um, and if there's a flag up, then he's there. But if there's not a flag, then he's not there. And I don't, I don't think the flag was up when it was. It was up when we pulled in, and then when we left, it was down. So, so yeah, he was. I guess we were probably a couple hundred yards from Putin himself, 
Um, but no yeah, autographs. It was a pretty cool experience. A cool, cool city for sure. No autographs from Putin. Opted out of that. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> thought he thought he thought he'd be asking for sure. Heard the UGA boys <laughs> were in town. Dude, did you guys see those police though? Like they're they're pretty intimidating. And you know, I consider myself like a confident, you know, not really too scared of anything. But when you see them walking around with their big, I don't know if it's like AR-15, some sort of machine gun, and that's just the norm for them. Is Like, do you yeah. see those guys around? Yeah, I mean, we saw a few cops, and obviously they don't look like cops. They just look like, I mean, full-on SWAT. Um, they're, they're, they're just walking around. And one thing that I was told going over there is it's not normal to to, like, look at somebody and, like, when you're passing by and just, like, smile at them. It's not normal to do that. So, like, I caught myself doing that a few times when we were in Moscow and, like, people would just give me, like, bad looks. Like, just look at me and mean mug me. I was like, oh, gosh, I got to, like, not do this. And I looked at one of these cops and I made sure to keep a straight face because I didn't want any, uh, didn't want any trouble there. Now, how about taking pictures of, like, uh, like certain monuments and stuff? I know over in the Czech that's really frowned upon. Like, there was one time I was... I don't, I don't even know what the statue was. I think it was like something of importance. Obviously, it might have been religious. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I was, I was going to go take a picture of it. Right? I just got my cell phone up, like whatever. It's going on the snap story for sure. And all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder and the person's waving their finger at me. They got a massive gun. I'm like, shit, nope, sorry. I'll put my phone away. I'll, I'll get out of here. We didn't, we weren't told of anything like that and didn't really experience it. Like, um, down, and downtown Red Square is like their main square with that that big big beautiful church thing, and then they have Stalin's tomb right there, just this big grand tomb, and all the other Soviet leaders are buried right behind it. And they had like the big like the whole line of cops out in front guarding it with the guns and whatnot. But I mean, I whipped my phone out. And, yeah, I didn't. I, I don't even think we thought about that. No. I mean, yeah, it was um, I had no clue about it. Like losers, but. I had no clue about it until I Googled it after, and I was like, okay, maybe I should have looked at that first off, but yeah. boys, I mean, the the real stuff, though. Yeah, it was a cool how, how easy was it on the eyes there? Like, Moscow woman? I mean, I've heard it's either a 10 or a negative 10. And you heard right, my <laughs> man. You heard so right. I mean, Moscow, we were only there for a day, um, but, I mean, so we were pretty much looking at monuments and sightseeing rather than women seeing. But, uh, we did, once we made it to Krasnyarsk where we were staying for the week, um, it was, it's a smaller place. I think it's only like population a million or so, but it was, you, you did hear right. It's either a one or it's a 10. Um, so you'd be walking down the street and you'd be like, whoa, or you'd be like, holy cow. <laughs> They, they all just like, they, they just like take care of themselves well. Like you don't see like the, like you're just your average like Walmart trip, right? You see like girls in like sweatpants, Crocs. They think it's funny to go out there looking like they've been bent out of shape for a week. And over there, it's like <laughs> they actually take pride in how they look. So can't complain about that. But yo, like tell me about like where you guys were at. Like obviously it's Russia. So you know, they're going to have like sick facilities if they're, Anytime they're bringing someone over, you know that you're going to get, like, top-notch treatment, right? You're playing in a sick barn, probably getting some pretty good food over there. So, what was that like? So, the place we were in is Krasnoyarsk, which is actually in Siberia. So, it's, like, Jeez. way the hell east. <laughs> yeah. But, so, um, the, uh, the city itself, we got a chance to take a tour, uh, and the guide was telling us about the history of the city. And... During the, the Cold War, war, war um, they, like, that was their manufacturing capital for, like, the entire country. So they were weary of having, like, anybody foreign, like, Americans, like, hell no. But so it wasn't until 1990, I think, where they opened up to anybody not from that city. So it's, like, pretty hardcore Russian, like, Eastern European architecture everywhere everything's gray and smoggy like there's no touristy aspects of it yeah. but everything's the, built in sea cans pretty much yeah yeah but <laughs> so the rink we were in was actually really sick uh they they finished it it was like a month or two before we got there this big like three or four thousand seat arena in the middle of this like this dirt hole yeah. um but it like 
kind of like the Olympic color scheme, how like there's all those bright colors, this big dome around it. Um, so that was that was sweet. Locker rooms were sick. Everything yeah. was brand new. We all had like, yeah, like we all had our individual stalls with all of our stuff in it. And then like you had to use a key card to get into the locker rooms. And then obviously the 5,000 arena was nice. And then there's a practice arena right next to it. Um, and we got to leave our stuff there. And it was funny. We got, we had like security on us at all times. It felt like, cause we would leave the hotel. We were at a nice, we were at a Hilton garden Inn, um, which I didn't think we'd find in Krasnyarsk, Russia and Siberia. But, um, we were at a Hilton Garden Inn, and we had to go through security. We had, like, a, a lanyard pass on um, that stated our credentials and everything, and we had to have that on to go through security. Then we got straight onto the bus, and then when everybody was on the bus, they put, like, a little piece of tape over the door. Um, and so, like, if we were to show up to the rink and that was ripped, then they would have to, like, search the whole bus. Um, luckily, that never happened to us, but... When we got to the rink, we had to go through another security and then got into the locker room. So, so we were pretty pretty heavily guarded at all times. It was a cool time. Wow! I think the the buses could have been upgraded a little bit, but <laughs> other than that, it was an awesome experience. That was nice going to the rink. There was just no floor underneath the seats. That was an awkward experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, that's what else would you expect from Russia? Um, the games, though, like I guess we haven't really talked about that though. But like a lot of people show up, you know, a good tournament, like good hockey, obviously going over there. Yeah. So the the first game, it was us against uh, a Russian, Russian team. team from the student hockey league over there. Um, and right before the game, they had like the opening ceremonies. It was like this fifteen minute laser light show that I don't even know how much money they spent on, but. It was way too much. Um, but so we like walk out of the tunnel and like there's smoke and laser lights everywhere. And then the, the lights finally come on and it's, it's freaking packed. Like there's only a couple hundred seats that, that weren't filled in the whole four or 5,000 seat arena. And, but of course all of them are freaking hate our American guts. <laughs> um, but it was wild. I've, I've never played in a places rowdy. I think most of it came from like the Russian American. Yeah, hatred, but definitely an experience to remember. So yeah, it was it was crazy. We were sitting there for like 15 minutes on the bench, just watching this laser show, and we're like so close to the ice, so we have no idea what they're like projecting onto the ice or anything. So we're just sitting there getting our eyes reamed with these lasers before we have to go out and play Russia. You know, there's no warnings either. Like heads up if you've got like epilepsy or vertigo and you they're just like whatever. If people pass out, we'll just bury yeah. them behind the rink. They're just foaming out the mouth at the puck drop. <laughs> I I feel like there's just like they they just don't have that knowledge of like they don't they they can't tell the difference of like you guys could be like the very best college hockey team in the actual states. Or just like, you know, just a group of beauties going over there because you got selected. So they're probably a little bit clueless on that sense. I don't even know. Can they access Facebook yet? I still don't think they can. They've got to go through like that VK or whatever joke they have. Yeah, I don't know. They had like going over there. One of the biggest things that we heard was like, don't use your phone. Don't use your laptop. Like, and like, I mean, we're, we're all students, so we have to keep up with school somehow. Um, but we were told like, we were pretty scared about that. But then we, we got over there and heard that you could like i guess use stuff on like a private wi-fi um so we ended up getting that and i don't know actually over there if they're if they don't have access to stuff i don't know i didn't i didn't really converse with too many russians myself but uh yeah we went over there thinking that we weren't going to have connection to the outside world for a week but ended up having wi-fi and stuff at the hotel oh that's sick then uh, any run-ins with like the mafia or anyone you were a little bit scared to uh think twice about looking at talking to no well i mean everybody on the street has got like a pretty just like the classic eastern european stone face so like you never know <laughs> but um like uh, my, my parents made the trip too and uh, the rink was about like a 20 minute walk away and so sometimes they would walk and i was like you guys aren't worried about any of the like any crime or anything and uh, so in the winter there it gets down to like minus 60 and so there's no homeless population, like no, like you can't be impoverished at all or else you're turning into a freaking icicle. Um, 
And so the crime rate is like virtually zero over there. So there really wasn't any like bad run-ins. Uh, the only thing that was close to happening is after the last night, some of the boys in the hotel uh, were talking to some of the kids on the Russian team and all the kids on the Russian team were trying to get them to go to this. It was some, some club or some club bar downtown. Um, and so we asked, uh, to like the reception at the hotel, like, hey, is this a good place to go to? And they're like, no, no, don't go there. Like, Americans get beat up there. So, good thing they at yeah. least mentioned it because that would have been a story in itself. Oh, they're scummy. I guarantee you they would have just had a good laugh at that. That would not have surprised oh, sure. me one bit. Yeah. Do you guys yeah, uh, get, to, get to experience some cheap liquor, though? I heard you can buy like a 2 6 in Russia for like under like two bucks. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it's so weird going over there and being like, because uh, they, what is it, rubles? Rubles. Yeah, it's rubles. So it's like you sit down and you order a beer and it's like 2,000 rubles or something. And you're like, holy shit. Like, I don't even know how much this is, but here you go. Um, but yeah, everything was pretty cheap. I mean, we had a we had a beer store. It was literally called the Beer Store right across <laughs> from our hotel. And I went over there a few times and it was like, four bucks for a huge like growler of beer um so that's like i don't know i don't i got tore up one night but other than that i wasn't drinking too heavily um but yeah it was pretty cheap liquor over there i didn't i didn't get to taste any of the uh the all famous vodka that they have over in russia that they drink like water though no shit you didn't try a single drop of vodka harris please tell me like you, you guys tried something Nope, I didn't, I, oh, shoot, I did have, like, this homemade vodka flight, uh, we went to a, a restaurant one night, and there was 12, like, it was a, you know, like, a beer flight? Yeah. That comes out with just, like, a bunch of beers, there was a vodka flight, and I got this vodka f- flight with, uh, with Kyle's dad, and it came out with 12 different shots, and we just split them, and, I mean, they were, there were some that were pretty good, and there were some that tasted just like ass. It like bug spray. Yeah, yeah. Some of them tasted like you're trying to wash a mirror, and then some of them were going down smooth. It was awesome. <laughs> Jeez, you boys steal any souvenirs from there? Like, you know, you got some sick stuff that, like, it's not like just your classic, like, oh, yeah, I got a towel from the tourney. Like, you don't, like, break <laughs> off anything from a statue? <laughs> no, so, two, two things. So, like, the first, uh, I was, I was gonna do something like that. We were, we were eating at this restaurant and in the bathroom they had, like the wallpaper was, it was like a mosaic of all these different, like little newspaper cartoons. And there were some of them where it had, like, it was like a cartoon of Soviet, like, army people ripping nukes at the US. So I was like trying to peel it off and take it, but it was all like, just 100% on there. Um, but I did at the airport, uh, in Krasnoyarsk. I had a couple of, a couple hundred rubles left, which was, I don't even know how much American dollars. And so I just went in the souvenir shop trying to find something. And I found, um, I, those, those Russian dolls were like, you pop it open and there's like another doll inside. There's like six of them. Um, it was, it's like, it's Putin on the outside and then on the inside so. there's like, five other Soviet leaders like Stalin and the whole gang are all inside of Putin. <laughs> that was my favorite thing I got. <laughs> they're just so like, I mean, they're out to left field when they're like, oh yeah, no one here would ever do anything bad, eh? Like, they're just in a different world. Those people. Yeah, yeah but as far as souvenirs go, like we didn't, I don't know, we didn't, unfortunately they had like a few things for uh, like to give like, the, I guess the participants in the, uh, like the tournament over there. So we got like, like a few like pucks and like stuff, but they didn't have like t-shirts or hoodies or anything that we could get. So pretty much our, our souvenirs consist of stuff that we got from the Yacha and, uh, I guess anything that we went off and got on our own. As long as no one got anything from a girl and brought it back, that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I think we're safe on that. Boys, moving on, let's talk a little bit of college stuff. Uh, you guys both, obviously, um, probably going to be ripping it up this year. Like, so you guys got another solid team. So, you know, everything looking fine and Danny from a Georgia standpoint. Like, you know, you guys are obviously going to be competitive in the ACHA this year. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the team's definitely 
looking solid. We got a, a pretty pretty full roster in terms of everyone everyone on it or most people on it can can play every shift. So I mean that's always good. Um, so don't want to get ahead of myself, but expecting a, another solid year. Now, what's it like coming off of you know? Obviously, last year didn't end the way you guys wanted to. You guys wanted to make a, a little national run, so. You think that's uh, kind of in the the eyesight, I guess, for this year? Yeah, I think there's. I mean, we we only lost five guys or so. Um, was there five of our top guys last year? Um, but we did get in like twelve rookies or something. So we got a good class coming up. But I think for the returning guys, there's always that there's always that like fire in us that wants us to get back to nationals and do better than we did last year. We sort of fell apart when it came down to the end of season last year at Nationals, but I think for the returning guys, we're uh, we're all looking to come out stronger this year. Now, Harris, take a look at your uh, hockey DB. It doesn't have much on there, so where, like, where the hell did you play? Like, I mean, I don't know what the TPH <laughs> Thunder is. I, I tried to Google it. I think Penzi played there, too. I, I, I honestly, I, like, I went through, like, three different websites, couldn't find a damn thing, kind of gave up, but, uh, you know, what, like, what's your hockey background then coming from Georgia? No. So the TPH Thunder is a AAA program out of pretty much the whole southeast. I mean, obviously in Georgia, there's like, yeah, it's based out of Georgia, but pull kids from Tennessee, Alabama, some of the Carolinas and Florida and then some other stragglers. But I mean, up in Detroit, you got like five or six rinks in a county and like, in Georgia, there's like five or six rinks in the whole state, so there's just not the density of decent hockey players. So that was a program that just had to pull from a lot of different markets to be able to put a team together that was, you know, half decent enough to, to go up there on weekends and try to show them how the Southern boys can play hockey. Did you guys, uh, like, compete, or did you guys just go and get, like, waxed every weekend by, like, Minnesota teams? No, no, we um, we made it to nationals pretty consistently except for my last I think the last year we, we we lost in districts to the Carolina Hurricanes team who was who was actually pretty sick um, but most years we would make it to nationals and uh, I think one or two times we made it out of pool play and like lost in the quarters or something so every couple of years you got a, a pretty good group of guys who was able to compete that's all right then Penzi, I was taking another look at yours, and I mean, I gotta take one jab. You played Tennessee high school hockey before you played <laughs> in the null. I, no, please, no, no, no. I gotta hear. I, mean, I gotta hear some Tennessee high school hockey stories. Like, how bad is it? Like, I don't want to rip on it, but there's no like. I mean, I, when I think of high school hockey, I'm thinking of Minnesota. But you gotta like. There's gotta be some kids in Tennessee who like get their first pair of skates and step on the ice. Oh, that, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, I was. I was playing on the side, so I was playing like travel AAA hockey, and I was staying conditioned by playing uh, high school hockey. So I would make it to a few of the games, um, and I don't, I don't even know like what the stats are on there. But I would go to a game, and it would ki- be kids that don't even know how to tie their own skates, and I would go out there, and I would get like six points on them or something, and then I'd go on the road for the week or. So it was, it was not good hockey at all. I don't want to like trash Tennessee high school hockey. It's a good, good place to play if you're not too dedicated to hockey or not looking to go anywhere. But yeah, it was more so just staying, staying in shape and keeping my legs. That's hilarious. That's, I, I, well, when I was in Montana, I got to see like their like version of high school hockey. And it was like, okay, like half the kids are sharing sticks on the bench. Just, I mean, exactly what I would picture it like in Tennessee as well. But, uh, yeah. boys, you guys got a pretty sick setup there. It won't keep you for too long. We are running a little bit long. But, obviously, the big one's the Savannah Classic. Harris, you got to play – you played this year sophomore, right? So, you played in it last year. Like, pff, sick tournament, isn't it? Like, that's something you guys have to have, like, marked on your schedule. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year – your boy Kyle Harris actually won the MVP. <laughs> no shit, no way. Not a huge deal, but I no mean, humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but but that's definitely something that you can't really explain to the new guys on the team who haven't been there the scale and just like the whole atmosphere of being there. Because I mean, first of all, like playing in front of I think 
last year in the championship, there was like 5,600 for uh, us against Tech, and most of them are wearing that Bulldog red. Um, but the other thing is most of them don't know the game of hockey, so like you'll get random cheers when like you make like a neutral zone pass and everyone's like, yeah! <laughs> but, um, but like the, the, but the biggest thing they like is just like, big hits because they don't even know what they're watching just but when two guys run into each other they freaking lose yeah, it. it that's unreal that's uh that's funny i don't know you're the mvp of that tournament you guys still make some time to watch nhl i gotta i mean fire a couple of questions at you before because obviously like it's just been a stupendous year for another canadian team the ottawa senators did you guys watch yeah. that uber video I, I gotta know your guys' thoughts being like you know college players yeah, I mean, uh, when I saw that video, I just, like, scrolled over it and didn't really think much of it because I was, like, sitting in class or something, didn't really want to watch it. And then I just saw it coming around more and more, and so I was like, oh, gosh, it's got to be a big deal. So I ended up watching it, and I was like, oh, golly. I mean, awful that those guys are put on blast like that, but come on, Uber driver. Why are you got to, like, throw that out there and, like, make those guys look so bad? Like, obviously, every single player is not going to – agree with everything their coach says every coach isn't going to agree with everything their player says so i think they just got put on blast because they're the only ones caught i think that behind closed doors everybody's always blasting their coach a little bit no kidding Uh, like i've never been in like an uber or a taxi with the boys and they're just like man how good's our coach like i love our new power play system like it's a game changer it's really making our season better (laughs) that doesn't happen oh my goodness I i don't think that happens i think that this was released and a lot of people like are like, I guess looking down upon these guys, but they don't realize how much this happens, like behind the scenes of stuff. So, I mean, it's, it sucks that they're getting put on blast and the whole Ottawa senators, uh, organizations getting put on blast for this. But I mean, people seem shocked and I just don't get it. Like, but there, I mean, there's been so many things that I guess are a little bit shocking, and I'm sure this is going a while back. But um, in case you didn't like humble brag, you know, we we might have been bigger than Stephen A. and the uh, the Wodge Podge there for a little bit, whoever that basketball nerd is. But boys, the Tom Wilson hit blew up, especially when we were talking about it. What was your guys' thoughts like? I mean, I I guess we kind of sided on like that's a 20 game suspension is just asinine. Like that's that's criminal almost to make a guy sit out for that long. Where do you guys fall on, like, the NHL and these new, like, I guess kind of what everyone's calling a dirty hit now? I don't know. It it almost seems like we're following, like, in football's footsteps. Like, we're trying to make the game as soft as we can without hurting the game. But I think that, like, all these open ice hits, like, I don't know. I heard somebody say, like, if you hit some guy open – like an open ice, you better expect that at least it's some kind of a, a suspension or fine or something. I think that's just, I don't know. It's taken, taken away character from the game. I think that Tom Wilson hit, there may have been a little bit something in there, but I don't think it was 20 games worthy. I think 20 games worthy is something way worse than that. Um, I totally uh, forgot yeah, I about the NFL's going down to it. I, I guess I really don't watch enough of it to, to comment logically, but boy, they're, they're, they're like roughing the passer calls are just gone this year, eh? Yeah, yeah, they're calling like everything targeting. Like you tackle a guy at the waist, and they're calling it targeting. Now it's, I don't know. They're trying to take, they're trying to take character out of the game, and I don't think that's. I mean, obviously, it's good that they're trying to keep the guys safe and everything, but I don't know. It seems like hockey and football are both going the soft route. Frick, I, I forgot. So. I forgot one question for you guys. I had to ask. I mean, before. Like, when talking about college hockey, you guys play a bunch of, like, you know, just, like, not known hockey schools, but do you guys ever get, like, chirps for non-hockey things? Like, like you know, saying you're in Kentucky, someone's like, oh, our basketball team's better than you, or, like, Georgia Tech, like, our SAT scores are better. Like, I don't know, Florida, maybe they chirp about football, but I don't think that, you know, they're, they're not a bulldog standard yet. Do you guys ever hear any of that? I mean, for sure. Like, when, when you're ripping on someone, you, you're, you're using any ammo you can get. Like, I mean... Last weekend at Auburn, the joke is kind of like Auburn is UGA's second choice. Like, you apply to UGA, if you can't get in, you go to Auburn. So, like, there's always jokes like that flying around, like, go back to your joke at school. Um, but definitely football football chirps are easy for us. Like, we were playing, I think we were playing, like, 
Grand Valley State or someone, or like some of those random northern schools. And it's like, what do you guys do with your time? Like, you, you even have a football team, or like, I don't know. Pretty, pretty stupid, but if it gets in their head, <laughs> that's it's funny. Easy to chirp, uh, it's easy to chirp Georgia Tech about telling them to go study or telling them to go go do something with academics because obviously they don't have lives. They're a bunch of nerds, but. <laughs> It's easy to go tell them to study, and then all of a sudden, like, five years down the road, they're, like, inventing spaceships and shit, and you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, they're, you're trying to get yeah. a job at their... At, at least we won the Savannah Classic, right, boys? <laughs> Frick, well, hey, guys, I appreciate uh, you joining the pod. I mean, it's always a, a fun time getting to talk to some, you know... It's it's nice to talk to some of those guys who are NHL prospects, but they don't have all, all the fun that you know the, the regulars get to have. So we do appreciate you guys coming on. Absolutely, thanks nope. for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks, of course, to the Bulldog Beauties for coming on UGA Hockey. Nice little shout out. They've been great, awesome stories, funny guys, beauties. Not sure how go from Tennessee high school hockey to the Null, but. Shows it's possible. Pensies and beauty. Uh, Adam, let's get to a little bit more NHL stuff because I know you wanted to talk about, uh, you know, some of your friends there in Montreal. Oh, I don't don't know about friends, but we talked about Vegas. They're struggling. Uh, Lost Saturday night against Montreal 5-4. Probably going to lose Sunday night as we're doing this. They're down three rip to Boston. So they're struggling. They got Max Patch ready. I think he had two goals in his first 12 games. And... I mean, Montreal, you know, you kind of get the guy who who has, like, the dark cloud over him out of your locker room. Like, everyone with Pacioretty would have been like, oh, is, what's his contract like? What's his contract like? When's uh, Who's going to play center with him this year? We need a, a playmaking center with him. And it just seemed like all that stuff. And then I mentioned Galchenyuk, too, and it was with Galchenyuk. It's, oh, he should be be playing more. Oh, he's he's not a center. He's a winger. Oh, he's going through a hot streak. What's this mean when he's a restricted free agent? Oh, like he's not playing good defense. Claude Julian doesn't like him. It's just you get rid of that, and then at the draft, it's oh, we need we need the winger Kachuk. We need the winger Philip Zadina. Well, for Pacioretty, they got Thomas Tatar, and say what you want about him, he's good for about twenty twenty five goals. And Pacioretty had 17 last year in 64 games, but still you're not losing a ton there, right? And then, you know, with the Galchenyuk for Domi swap, some people look at it as, oh yeah, Galchenyuk had 30 goals one year and Domi, Domi had like 30-some in his first 200 games. And he had nine last year and somehow he had four of them into an empty net too. But just Domi's personality and stuff, he just he wants to be in Montreal. And I think at times for him, it was tough to play in Arizona and get up for a game in Arizona, but he's had no trouble in Montreal. And then Cock and Yemi, man, like nobody really knew about him. And of course people are mad, mad at the draft because he's a Finnish kid. He looks like he's 12. They've seen Kachuk and his brother and his dad, and they've seen Zadina play in Halifax. They want them, but I think you should reach on a sentiment if, if anything, because you can have a winger, but you have to have a guy who can drive drive the line, and that's what Kakanemi looks like. And I think he's got up to nine points now. Yeah, I'll be honest. I had no clue who that kid was come draft time. Like, yeah, I did a little bit of research on him. He seems solid, but oh my goodness, he's becoming a weapon in this league. And as you said, driving the line so crucial now. Even look at the Oilers. Like, Dreisaitl is honestly struggling to drive his whole own line. And a guy like Kakanemi is doing it at such a young age with such skill, finesse, and you know what? He doesn't even have the weapons that Dreisaitl has with him. So that should go speak miles about that young Finnish kid there. Pretty sick start for him. Uh, a couple other Finns starting to light it up. Your fellas down in Florida. <laughs> Barkov, Dadnov. Oh my goodness. Dude, they're starting to look like an actual team. Yeah, four straight wins and... They, they've still played less games than most other teams because of the Finland trip. And yeah, three less games than like everybody else in their division except Boston who's two less games. But yeah, four straight wins and they just kind of had to get over the uh, Luongo injury and, and make sure that uh that they could just at least like break even with Reimer. So I mean, he, played, uh, he played last night against Ottawa and made uh, 34 saves in a 5-1 win. So 
there you go. They're they're playing really well. And I mean, you talk about Florida, we talk about the guy all the time on here, but Barkov with two goals again last night and in the winning streak, I mean, he's he's been on fire. Him and Dadnov, we saw him pick the pocket yesterday. Four points in his last four games after kind of a slow start, but yeah, they're playing well, man. Oh, I agree. They're they're fun to watch. You know what? I was never on board. I know you always talk about them, talk about them. Here's Jenner. Like I'll never watch an early hockey game, mostly because of the work schedule. But hey, if I'm sitting down to watch a game now, I try to go out of my way to almost watch them because their offense is fun. Like when you're putting guys like Huberto in that in the back seat, give me a break. I think Florida's going to be a wagon. I'm not sure about Luongo though. If he can be a playoff goaltender, uh, like do, do you think so? Like. Do you think if they make the playoffs, do you think Luongo can hold the fort for him? I think so. Like I still think he's he's got it in him. Like he's he's still a good goalie by by league standards. Uh and even then they still have James Reimer and I think Reimer's shown when he starts consecutive games, then you uh he isn't the guy when he starts consecutive games. But if you're alternating or giving Luongo that extra day, then I think Reimer's more than capable too fair point there uh you know we joked about it a little bit at the start but you were at the four nations cup watching some of that hockey obviously it's i don't know probably some of the best like it's gotta be pretty much olympic rosters there it's pretty much all the the best female hockey players in the world and the canadians well they got their asses handed to them in the finals it wasn't pretty it wasn't even close i mean watching the game they were checked out after the first 10 minutes um why is why is the american team looking so much better like you know I don't know too much about their women's development program or anything, but they just seem like they're that much better all round on the ice. Oh, good start for the Oilers. 26 seconds in, they just got scored on Rantanen from McKinnon Classic. I think this stems back to 2014, and you could kind of see something coming where, yeah, Kanda had Poulin, but like Wickenheiser will let like the older, the older players were slowing down. And then, I mean, at the Olympics in 2018, I know it was a shootout loss, but but let's call a spade a spade here. The U.S. team was way better than us. Like it was a good thing that we got to a shootout. I know we still lost, but it's just I don't know. Like maybe it's it's the college hockey system and the states people or girls have better opportunities to go college. I know a lot of players from Canada go to American colleges, but it just seems like women's hockey is is a bigger deal there. There's more focus put on it because there's all these prep leagues and then they just get scholarships where here there's triple A leagues, but there's not really like you can go to college from there, but you have to be like elite elite to go to college from there. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot more of the Americans, I mean, you can probably speak to this a little bit better than I can, but I know it's happening less and less, but thinking back, like when I was in Wee, I played in Kyle, Saskatchewan, if you know where that is. And our team literally had like six guys and or seven guys and the rest was all girls. I mean, like four of the girls got D1 scholarships and three went to like CIS University or whatever. But yet again, like the Canadian girls, like they'll, they'll play like boys hockey to grow up. And so like they play that physical brand of hockey might mean they got better skating or they're tougher where they don't have that pure skill. And in girls hockey where they're, I know there's like body contact or whatever, but there's really no hitting. And the Americans just looked a lot more skilled, like better passing, better hands, you know, putting the puck in better spots. Is that just something I'm seeing on TV or, you know, I mean, were you kind of feeling that too? No, it's, it's accurate. I was talking to a couple people at the game and a lot of it was the, the Americans make a lot more plays than the Canadian team does. Like the Canadian team seems to be a lot of, dump and chase, work the puck around, get a shot and try and jam something in where the American team, like they're making plays. And I think two or two or three of their goals uh, Saturday night were, were two on ones or nice like plays where somebody made a skilled play and it ended up being a tap and back door where I don't know if I saw any of that from Canada. Maybe it's the players you have in this tournament. I mean, not everyone can make it. So I don't know if, either team's fielding fielding their best team but it's it's one of those things where you look at it, it's like the states they're a more skilled team and with the way that a lot of people play hockey it's definitely more skilled than than grit fair enough well maybe we can get your future wife on the pod one of these weeks eh 
Oh, yeah. Moving along, as you said, the Oilers, uh, not a good start for them. And speaking of jerseys, I hate those orange jerseys that they're wearing. Like, disgusting. Those are gross. Also, uh, any NHL third jerseys, more coming out. I mean, you got to give me your thoughts on them. I did a blog on it. I hate them. Like, I think the NHL third jerseys are just a disappointing joke right now. Like, do, do, do you actually like those, like, Tampa Bay all black, essentially, with like a little bit of gray or even the Chicago Blackhawks, like literally all black with just a white stripes and logo. Like, is that cool? Is that in fashion? I don't know. No. And like, but the thing like with the Blackhawks and Bruins is they've played in like what, like the Blackhawks are at least like six and the Bruins are like three or four, like winter classics where you run out of designs with the logo. And I guess they're just going a straight black and white, whatever style. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, to me, the, the jerseys look a lot better when they're like the retro ones, like the Flames thirds are sick. The Oilers thirds are sick. Um, Washington's thirds are sick. Just like all, all like the retro, like little sharpened up retro look. I think that looks really good. But some of the teams, like, I mean, I don't know what the hell Tampa is doing by having all black jerseys. Like why wouldn't they go back to like a retro look from, from like the early two thousands where they had like the all black or, but like with actually like blue on it, so they could show that they're the lightning, not just like a black and gray fade. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think teams like overthink it too much. Man, I just think that like how much money these teams have, they can't just get an actual designer. Like, there's so many options out there. Literally, the sky's the limit, and that's what they're coming up with. And that was part of my blog. Like, yo, like these college teams. If you want to talk about like history and like you know shouldn't really go off the grid it would be those teams and they're coming up with some sick designs like and it's different too it's not like oh we just went with a throwback jersey no it's like they're just redesigning the wheel almost essentially even look at it like i mean there's so many how many jerseys has asu had already and they've only had a team for three years like like a div ncaa div one team sorry so i mean there's just so much potential and it seems like they're almost going lazy with like these just like, Oh yeah, they're just throwbacks. And essentially it's just a cheap, easy way for the owners to make extra money by selling this merchandise at overpriced costs. The old saying is it's, it's a business. So whether that's creating a new Jersey every year, or switching back and forth every year to make, make a couple extra bucks. Um, there you go. But yeah, it's, it's getting a little ridiculous. Like, I mean, the Jets have worn their their third jersey, it seems, every time I turn on the TV. Like, I know it's not that, but it seems like they over overthink and overwear third jerseys where they try and, like, ingrain it into your mind so much where it's like, this our third jersey, buy it. This our third jersey, buy it. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's at the end of the day, it's a jersey. It's not going to affect anything. But if you're watching the game, you probably want to look at something a little nicer than those. It's just going to piss off Janner seeing those, like, yeah, electric blue, diet blue. And then those orange oiler jerseys, not a fan, not a fan. Those are the worst. And you want to know where you can find these terrible jerseys? SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an app that takes out the confusion of buying tickets online. Tickets are given a grade based on value, a 1 to 10 score on each ticket to let you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. View from the seats lets you see where you're going to sit. RIP Rutherford Rink, so you're not sitting behind a pole. New Rink is sick. Huskies are 9 and 1. Suck at Bob Stoffer. Click on the settings tab. Go to add a promo code. Use our promo code World Hockey Report, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first order. So let's say you're in the desert or in Sunrise, Florida. Tickets are $25. Bucks. You use our code. You get to go to a game for 5 bucks. So Download the app, use our code WORLDHockeyReport, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off. That's, uh, I guess we might as well start dropping up. I guess I forgot. Happy Remembrance Day, Happy Veterans Day. You know, I guess that is when we're recording. So thanks to all those beauties, the real heroes. You know, I still love seeing what TGA Oshie said after he went and lit up the Olympics. Class act right there. Adam, you know, you're a gambling man. You had a rough one. Last Monday, let's uh let let's make some things right. Just give me two teams, two teams that are hot right now that I should be hammering this week, no matter who they're playing. Well, we already talked about talked about Florida, obviously. Um, Florida, and let me just look at. I'll just quickly look. Um, 
the knocks are hot right now over the range. Like the knocks are good just because Patterson just makes everything good. Um, the Coyotes are pretty hot too. I mean, they lost to, to Pittsburgh, but they're, they're starting to turn around and they are at the time of this podcast, they beat Washington four one two. So shout out Darcy Kemper back to back games, one goal on 39 shots. So yeah, bet the Yotes and the Panthers, the two teams who I just chirped about having cheap tickets. There we go. Hey, cheap is not always bad. Let's get out of here. I got to let's run uh, blogs up world hockey report.com. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks to all you beauties making this stuff happen. Energy seat geek promo code world hockey report, all caps, Twitter's at world hockey RPT. We're on Facebook, Instagram, find us, whatever social media platform you are on. Adam, any last words? Follow us in all those platforms. I'm out of here. All those platforms. Follow us. Peace. Peace. <laughs>